0: CHAPTER One, THE INDIAN PREHISTORY OF THE COINOR Until the discovery of diamond mines in Brazil in 1725, with the sole exception of a seam of black diamond crystals found in the mountains of Borneo, all the world's diamonds came from India. Ancient Indian diamonds were alluvial. They were not mined so much as sieved and extracted as natural crystals from the soft sands and gravels of ancient riverbeds. Originally ejected from the host rocks kimberlite and lamproite by primeval volcanoes they were swept up by water and transported along rivers until at last they came to rest when the river died many millions of years ago most such alluvial diamonds are tiny natural octahedral crystals very occasionally however a diamond as large as a hen's egg would be found one such was the koenor as early as 2000 bce Tiny Indian diamonds may have been used in polishing tools in ancient Egypt, and they were certainly in common use as abrasives across the Middle East and China by 500 BCE. Soon, diamond crystals were being coveted for their use in rings, from the Tang Court through Hellenistic Afghanistan to Augustan Rome. But in their Indian homeland, diamonds were not just valued for their usefulness and beauty. They were believed to be supremely auspicious objects— able to channel planetary influences, and so were given an almost semi-divine status. According to the Garuda Purana, a book of Hindu scriptures that reached its final form in the 10th century CE, the demon Bala had agreed to be sacrificed by the gods, and he yielded up his ghost for the good of the universe, and behold, the severed limbs of his sacrificed body were converted into the seeds of gems. Heavenly beings, demons, and naga snake deities all rushed to collect these gem seeds, and even the gods came riding in their aerial cars and carried away the seeds of gems for their own use, some of which dropped down to earth through the violent concussion of the air. Wherever they dropped, whether in oceans, rivers, mountains, or wildernesses, there originated deposits of those gems through the celestial potency of their seeds." These gems had magical, even divine qualities. Some are endowed with the virtue of expiating all sins, or acting as prophylactics against the effects of poison, snake bites, and diseases, while there are others which are possessed of contrary virtues. But the greatest of all gems were diamonds, the most effulgent of all precious stones. Gods are supposed to dwell in a particle of diamond wherever found, which is possessed of a clear, light shade, is smooth and divested of all threatening traits such as scratches, marks of crow's feet or cloud-like impurities in its interior. The text then goes on to explain the wondrous effects that owning a good diamond can bring to the life of its owner. Prosperity, long life, increase of wives and progeny and domestic animals, and the bringing home of a teeming harvest— all attend on the use of a diamond well-marked in its points, clear in luster, and divested of baneful traits. The Garuda Purana continues. Dreadful poisons secretly administered prove inoperative in the wearer's system, and all his possessions enjoy a sort of immunity from acts of incendiarism or erosion by water. The complexion of such a person improves in its glow, and all his undertakings become prosperous and thriving— Serpents, tigers, and thieves fly from the presence of a person wearing such a diamond. The Garuda Purana is possibly the only known text that imagines thieves flying away from diamonds. Certainly by the time of the Bhagavad and Vishnu Puranas, a hundred years later, enormously valuable gems were understood to be potential inducements not just to theft, but even to murder. According to these two Puranas, the greatest of all gems was the legendary Siamantica, the Prince of Gemstones, sometimes said to be a huge diamond, at other times a ruby, a gem that provoked envy, greed, and violence in those who coveted it, exactly as the koh would do, not in myth, but in reality. The Siamantica was the brilliant jewel of the sun god Surya, who wore it around his neck and thereby gained his dazzling appearance. It was an irresistible object of wonder that everyone coveted, but also the first gem in Indian literature to leave a trail of havoc in its wake. For according to the Bhagavad Purana, when worn by a clean man it produces...